Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Self Love Club, a place where boss babes share their stories to empower women. Welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. I'm Val Crawford and you can find out more about why I've launched this club at valcrawford.com. I'd love for you to join it and trust me, it's not like a cult or pyramid scheme. It's literally just a club where you can come hang out. It's going to be a fun time. Join me for a podcast series where we'll hear the stories of girl boss women who are doing super cool things with their lives. We'll find out how they've done what they have, their self-love and self-care practices, and they'll share their tips to empower you to live your best life. Tully Humphrey is a fashion designer and owner of activewear and streetwear label Tully Lou, which she launched six years ago while living in Bali. The Melbourne designer's label has been worn by the likes of Gigi Hadid, taking it to an international level. Tully had to quit high school while she battled an eating disorder, and yoga was a big part of her recovery, and saw Tully become a qualified yoga teacher while she started her label after fashion school. We are so lucky to have Tully share her story so openly and her inspiring advice on the Self Love Club podcast. Hey, Tully, thank you so much for hanging out on the Self Love Club podcast. We're really excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. It's so cool meeting new people in Melbourne. And yeah, uh, yeah, have you had a good summer break? I have. I actually haven't had a break for five years. I've had the brand for five years and I had a little bit of a meltdown in December and I was like, nah, that's it. I have to have Mm. a break. So I did have a nice break, but now I'm itching to work. Yeah, get back into it. Have you got some big plans for this year? Like, what do you want to get done? Yeah, so just obviously growing the brand a little bit more especially we focus internationally. Um, we're doing a maternity range with a good friend of mine um, and a few other things just kind of taking over the world. So always yeah. big plans. <laughs> Go gals. So for those that may not know what you do, tell us what you do and like what your brand is. Yeah. So um, I am a designer. I started an activewear streetwear label a five years ago. Oh no, six, actually, pardon me, six years ago. Well done. Six years ago in December. Um, so yeah, I just design active streetwear and kind of to d- like inspire women to like make them feel good, look good, kind of really fierce. And part of that brand is also motivational speaking and, um, you know, just focusing on health and wellness in general, especially focused on women mm. yeah your stuff is really cool I'm always like whenever I see your snaps or your Insta, I'm like oh I love that <laughs> that's so cool so yeah how did you like did you always want to do that how did you get into it yeah so I growing up I always had a lack of passion for fashion, um, tongue tie, passion for fashion. <laughs> Growing up, mum was always like, you know, laying out all our outfits, putting together like, you know, matching bags, shoes, hats, everything like that. So I think I grew up just really passionate about styling and fashion. Uh, and then, you know, when I uh, quit school, I obviously wanted to focus on a business and that was fashion. So that's how I kind of 
I was always passionate. Yeah. yeah. So you sort of had known for a long time that's what you wanted yeah, to do? Or always. You, yeah. Yeah. Tell us about where you grew up, like what, without sounding like a therapy session, <laughs> what was your childhood? Like what were you into as a kid? Like, yeah. you know, what were you in, what, into doing? Yeah. So um, I actually, I'm a country girl. Whenever I say that, everyone's like, wow. <laughs> no, but heaps of, I've noticed lots of uh, like uh, people in Australia that live in Melbourne or Sydney or whatever, they actually are from the country. Yeah. And I have to say, country people always, you know, the most down to earth. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, I'll probably get um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. nothing against city people. No, um, no it's a good but, grounding, like a yeah, good way to grow up, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, we're very socially aware in a way. It's really, yeah. Really, yeah, so I grew up in the country, a small family of four, um, my little sister. I was always, you know, outside playing in the dirt, running around um, and, you know, I had a loving family as well. So that was kind of nice. And yeah. I was always active and I was passionate about health in a way, like my mum always fed us really healthy food, wholesome food. We're only allowed like Cocoa Pops and like Fruit Loops on school holidays. Um, I remember so, that, like on Christmas Day. Yeah, like special occasions. Yeah, and yeah. then oh, you'd be too excited to eat it anyway, yeah. so you wouldn't want yeah. to have it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was always conscious about health and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I was a happy child. Yeah. And then that kind of turned around when I it was in my young teens. Yeah. yeah. And so tell us about that and what happened. Yeah, so um, I noticed like probably... Um, you know, in my early teens, probably about 11, 12, I was really conscious about health, like really conscious. Um, and I started like obsessing over food, um, what I was putting in my body. Um, and especially at a young age, it like actually blows my mind now that I was like so aware of this. Mm. Um, and especially when there's no social media and pressure as there is today. Yeah. yeah. But I was always obsessing over food and what I was putting in my body and um, calories. And then I got to a stage where it was just spiraling like it was just getting worse and worse and worse and I actually heard a comment someone made about me when I was you know probably around that age and it was something so silly like oh Tully's got uh, fat stumpy legs and you know you always remember mm. the negative shit oh sorry um you, you, know, always, totally, you can swear it's totally um, fine I'm a bit like Lola I just dropped it no nah, you're all like, good <laughs> same <laughs> that's good um yeah and I you know you always remember that negative comment and I think it just always stuck with me mm. I think and I was always obsessed like I would always stand in the mirror and obsess over my legs um like I was quite an active like active person I always was kind of muscular like um, I was never going to be that tall fit long body you know model like girl um and then I was obsessing over that and it just got to a stage where I was you know OCD about eating like if I didn't eat at a certain time um, I would freak out and I wouldn't eat and this was like getting quite obsessive Mm. and I was exercising every time and I was probably like 13 14 every time I ate something I would have to work it off I'd run for like miles and miles and miles because I hated that feeling of having food in my stomach Um, so that kind of was happening and at this stage no one was aware it was just me dealing it with my head and I constantly that's all I would think about like every minute of the day just stressing about how I was going to skip the next meal or how I was going to work that off or how could I pretend I ate when I did it and it was just it was my thoughts it would consume my brain every second of the day and it um, got so obsessive that I ended up getting you know OCD depression I did stupid shit like I would try to cut my wrist in my room lock myself in my room and no one knew but mum and dad always kind of they got to a stage where there was like, something's not right with Tully. Like I was distancing myself away from friends. I wasn't being social anymore. I hated going to school. And this was probably like year eight, year nine now. Like it was over a few years that this mm. built up. 
And then I remember when I got to year nine, one of um, my mum and dad had a family friend who um, dealt with anorexia back when she was a teenager. And I remember, this is what dad tells me now, but he spoke to our family friend and said, look, Tully's doing this, 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 it's not normal. Like, you know, and he was like, I think she, I think she needs to go see someone. So, um, yeah, I remember, I think it was like at the end of, I think it was in the middle of year nine. Um, I will never forget this day. My mum and dad sat me down. And they were like, Tally, you, we've booked you in to see a psychologist tomorrow. You're not well. And I was like, you know, like I was so, so mad at them because mm. I was like, because I thought like I was getting away with it. Like, because I was up until that time, like I was so sneaky. And I remember our, my psychologist saying, um, you're like a three-year-old or four-year-old in like a 14-year-old's body because I was like, cracking tantrums, yelling, screaming because I didn't want to eat, just doing all this crazy stuff. And I got caught out and it made me really upset and angry at my parents for confronting me. But like also in the other side of me, I was like grateful because I knew I needed help. And that was the next step was acknowledging that I had a problem and that I wasn't well. So to that day, yeah, mum and dad are just like, we've booked you in to see a psychologist. You're not going to school tomorrow. And that's what you, that's what you're going to do. And then yeah, so that's kind of when it all started to where I kind of started acknowledging it and getting help and then it kind of just my recovery went for quite a while after yeah. that. How bad did it get? Like what was the lowest point for you? Yeah, so 46 kilos, which now – tiny. At the, oh, at, but you know what's crazy? Like I did an Instagram post a few months ago about the whole thing. Like I was looking at photos from when I was really, really sick and I saw this one photo and I was like, oh, my God, I look so sick and – just so sick and sad. But at that time I would look in the mirror and all I saw was fat. Mm. And it, might, it blows my mind that our brains do that because honestly, at that time, all I saw, like, I don't know, it was just fat. And now I look at it and I'm like, oh, like yeah. you look so sad. I don't think people understand who maybe haven't been through an eating disorder or haven't had someone in their family and they're able to understand it. It's really, it's a mental, it's a it mental is thing. A mental, like, yeah. People think, oh, she's just not eating. It's yeah. like, it's it's a lot more than that. And it consumes your whole mind. Yeah, like you really can't does. think about anything else during the day. No. And did you want to get better? I think in a way I, because I'm like, I'm pretty like, I'm pretty aware, like I'm a, like, you know what I mean? Like you're you know, very self-aware. Yeah, yeah I'm you know self-aware. So I knew like it was like there was two sides of my brain and this is what I used to always talk about to my psychologist. There's like two sides of my brain. One's like the good side and the bad side, but the bad side just kept taking over. I suppose maybe it was the chemical imbalances because I wasn't eating and stuff. So I knew that like on the good side of my brain, like I knew I needed help and I wanted to get better. Mm. But I honestly like I describe it as if I was stuck in this dark hole and I just could not get out. And I honestly didn't think I was ever going to be normal again. I thought that was going to be the rest of my life. Yeah. Like I was just consumed with food and like how I was like, I was just scared to get fat. And it's so crazy now. But were you able to continue with school? No, I had to quit school in year 10. So I would have been like 15, 16. I had a choice. My psychologist said, you can either go to rehab and go to hospital or you can quit school. And I'm quite a strong person. I was like, I'm not going to rehab. They actually took me to the rehab to check it out. And I remember walking around. It's not very nice, Oh, is my it? God, it scared the yeah, shit out of me. Yeah, they're very clinical with everything. 100%. Yeah. And I remember these girls walking around and they were walking past me. And you know when you can see someone and their eyes are just dead? Mm. Like there was no life in their eyes. And I was like, wow, I do not want that. Like they look so sad. And that kind of probably kicked me into wanting to get yeah. better. Um, I mean, it like, yeah, it was so crazy. So I chose to quit school and 
recover at home. What was your recovery like? Yeah, look, it was very, it was long. Um, It did take a long time. I think I didn't fully recover probably until I was 25. Mm. You know, you like you think you're recovered, but there were still these demons and you'd still obsess over things. And I think every girl does. Like it's every now and then. I think it's the way that you tackle it to, you know, still now I get those thoughts. I'm like, oh my God, I shouldn't be eating that. Like I'm going to get fat. And then I'm like, no, you're an idiot, Telly. Don't get back Mm. into that trap. So I think there's ways now to tackle it, which I've gotten. And that's through yoga and all that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, it was long and it was very... I like to use the word obsessive because I was very OCD. Like I had routines and if I didn't do those routines um, at that minute of the day, I would flip, like it would trigger me so much. So it was very obsessive routine, like I'd eat the same food, live off Diet Coke, live off black coffee. Like it was just, yeah, it was very obsessive. And so and then in your recovery with this certain like, because it's hard when you're recovering, like you don't want to trigger a person with certain foods and things. Like mm. what was your eating like when you were in your recovery? Yeah. So um, I remember the hospital, well, the psychologist, you know, those sustigen. I don't know if you have them in New Zealand. They're like called sustigen. Those shakes? Yeah, that help you like if you're not Gain getting weight. all the yes, yeah, nutrients. Yeah, yeah. They made me take those. And I was terrified of those because mm. I knew what they were for because my auntie had had cancer um, when I was younger and I remember them giving them to her to put on weight and like help right. her get better. So I knew exactly, like I wasn't stupid. I knew what they did and I was terrified. I was supposed to go on them for a while. And to be honest, I don't think I drank a full one of those ever. Like I said, I did, but I didn't. I mm. used to tip it down the drain. I remember one day, like my mom got to a point and she's like, I cannot take, like she had a breakdown. She's like, I cannot take this anymore. I remember she had me by the shoulders and she was just, I've never seen my mom cry. And she was just bawling and she just fell to the ground and I got the shake and I threw it up against our lounge room wall. It just went and (laughs) splat chocolate milk went everywhere. Mm. Um, And I was, so it was hard. And then um, I just eat the same stuff all the time. Like it was just boring, plain food. Like I can't even remember now what I used to eat, but I I know I used to drink so much Diet Coke. Yeah. And so what, um, as you started to get better, what did you start to notice about yourself and and potentially when you were able to eat and not worry as much as you did in the past? I think yoga helped me a lot to um, recognise, to learn to love myself again. And I think what I learned as well was just eating really wholesome, like, real food and that didn't scare me because I knew that it was like feeding my body with good nutrients um and I needed that in order to you know work or be successful or whatever so um I think just eating wholesome foods kind Mm. of made me eat normally again yeah um I'd never eat like processed stuff and yeah but now as I'm getting older I'm kind of like 80 20 like I'm all about like balance and just kind of treating myself and if I feel like a chocolate I'll have a chocolate if I feel like this and I think I deprived myself for so long that I'm just like nah I'm not going down that trap again yeah and that's awesome well done I mean that's, yeah. that's a huge you know huge of what you went through and you probably felt like like you've already said you probably thought that was your life and that was never going to change and you weren't going to not think like this again yeah. so to get there is such a huge achievement um and to and yeah to get through now what was some of the tricks and the and the things obviously working with a psychologist would have been really helpful to because it's a mind thing it is you know like thinking like oh if I eat that biscuit or that chocolate I'm going to gain 10 kilos mm-hmm. that's the kind of mentality you end really? up having yeah, it is um so what were some of the things that your psychologist taught you that you found really helpful that you were able to change your thinking yeah so um I went through a few psychologists I think when you're 
there was a few that I did not like and they actually made me spiral backwards. Like, um, I think the first few that I went to, the first thing that they would do to me as soon as I entered the room was weigh me. And I think mm. that was the, wor- like the worst it's, thing you can do. It's so bad because it terrified me. And I remember I used to go in and this is so embarrassing, but I used to go in and stuff batteries down my underwear and do all this stuff because I was so terrified, like batteries, like everything. I know it's so crazy <laughs> now to think about it. Like you can laugh, you can no, laugh. But, um, like, but not- like I was terrified that I was going to lose, like if I lost weight that she was going to send me to hospital. Yeah. And I just think that approach, yeah, it might have worked for some other people, but for me that was the worst thing. Mm. And these two would always weigh me first. And then near where I grew up um, in Bendigo, there was another psychologist that I started going to and she is the one that helped my recovery so much. And she just, she was really like motherly and like just like made you feel loved. And I think at the end of the day, when you're dealing with something like that, you just want to feel loved, right? Mm. Um, Because you're not loving yourself. So to have someone else kind of nurture you, it's kind of really nice. Not that my family weren't, but someone that I didn't know. Um, And yeah, she, I started seeing her. And what I loved about her that helped me a lot in my mind is she did hypnosis, but it was kind of like, like a visualization kind of meditation because I don't know if you've ever been hypnotized before. Yeah, I can't, they can't hypnotize me. Oh, really? <laughs> like your brain gets yeah. too. You're like turned on. Yeah. I remember one time doing it and I had to pretend that I was hypnotized. Oh no! So <laughs> it was like on a radio segment. And I was oh, like, no. the guy was like, "This is taking way too long, Belle." Like, just and you're pretend. doing like radio breaks, and it's like it took like half an hour, and I just like pretended. <laughs> oh. oh god, well, that's good that it worked. Yeah, though. it yeah. did, and it kind of for me it was like a visualization meditation, and I think that's what really got me like and I was still quite young then too so I was like kind of using meditation in a way to like calm me down and get back to like like reality I suppose because I was so much in my head Mm. so I was meditating at quite a young age and I actually I didn't mention this before I actually started yoga when I was 13 and yoga was like a massive part of my recovery like I just started doing it at home Mm. and um it's very good for your like it's exercise but it's very um calming and it's yeah. like good for your mind and your soul I think it's, 100%. Like, it's like it's incredible yeah you just kind of walk out and you're like well this you feel energy. zen yeah. yeah so I um when I was recovering I ended up doing yoga at Bikram so I was doing it at home and then I ended up getting to a point mum and dad were like uh you need to go back to school because you know <laughs> like you're at home feeling sorry for yourself and I was Aww. um I still, like, I was getting better, but I was. I was just trapping myself in my room, just, like, so obsessed over, like, Mary-Kate Olsen and, like, really skinny oh Nicole Richie, Like, on Tumblr. Like, I'd just sit there and search mm. all these girls and then I'd have scrapbooks. Like, they had really cool styles, so I was kind of doing it. But now I look back, I'm like, no, no, no. I was obsessed over these girls' bodies, not their, like, fashion or anything like that. So I did need to get out. So I went to a fashion school and I remember driving past this Bikram yoga studio every day and I was like, oh my God, maybe it's time that I need to go to a yoga studio and not do yoga at home. At the back of my mind, I knew I wanted to go to Bikram for the calories, not the Mm. yoga, because I heard about this hot yoga, like you burn how many calories in an hour and a half? And I was like, yeah, sweet. And so I started going there. And like I said, I was going for the calories, but at the end of the day, I started like loving myself again through the yoga. Like I was like, whoa, there's more to me. There's more to life. And this is really helping. Um, so that, yeah, yoga and meditation was like my kind of like def- Cause were you a dancer growing up? No. So I mean, I did. Yeah, it, it was the yoga. Yeah. That you yoga. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I got into that quite young and then like, I still do yoga now, but I, and that's when the business idea of Tully Lou came up too, which was in a yoga class. And yeah, it just, 
thanks to yoga, like it actually saved my life. It really did. And I just, I think it was kind of nice to be in a community and everyone, I learned at such a young age that everyone has a story and everyone is struggling in some way. It's just, you know, the way that you cope with it or stuff like that. And that's what I did. And it's through yoga. So I think it, um, I grew up quite quick and that definitely helped my recovery. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I'm so pleased that you found those self-care practices quite young, like your meditation. Yeah. Um, like seeing a psychologist, which you actually clicked with. I mean, it can be hard. And I think that's one thing people need to realise is like, you're not necessarily going to find the best person or things to do straight away. It's like kind of by trying it out. Yeah, exactly. So for you, like it was your meditation, your yoga and yeah. getting to fashion school would have been yeah. really cool to give you something else to focus on and yeah. get you out of your head. Especially something you're passionate about. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad that you had your passion. And yeah. then, so by the time you're at fashion school, were you getting a lot better? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was still obsessing over food, but I was definitely getting better. Um, because, But then I went through like spirals and I still find to this day, like if I'm like having like a really stressful time or, you know, if you go through a breakup or something like that, it's very easy to get back into Mm. old habits. So when I feel myself going back into that place, it's when I have to keep, you know, really on top of things, doing more yoga. Yeah. So you do yoga and what other things are you doing when you're in those spots where you're like slightly being triggered? Yeah. So, um, yoga definitely. And meditation again, they're like my two like go-tos and I'll try to like, just get out, like maybe go back to the country, back to where I grew up and just kind of it's such a cool looking spot I saw your yeah, Insta stories so over nice. summer and I was like oh my god amazing yeah. and you know what growing up I was like oh my god I cannot wait to get out of here but as I'm getting older and over Christmas I was like wow I do miss this place mm. like it's it makes me feel safe like even though I had so many like sad memories there I also had really happy memories mm. so it kind of like I feel like weights lifted off my shoulders when I'm there. Um, So I do like going back there. So they're probably like my top three. And surrounding myself around really freaking cool people yeah. um, because you can also get triggered and um, if you're surrounding yourself around people that are also obsessing over that or just negative people, like um, they can trigger me a lot. So I kind of just hang around inspiring friends and, you know, people that I love. That's good. Yeah, totally. It's so important being around quality, everything, like energy and everything. Now, for anyone that maybe is going through an eating disorder or any form of mental illness battle or they, maybe they've got family members that, or mm-hmm. friends that are, what would be your advice to, like, just starting the point of getting better? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's so hard, isn't it? I think recognising that if it's, if it's you dealing with it, recognising that you do have a problem, I think that's the first step. And then I think it is finding something that you love. Like, I think at the end of the day, finding something that you love and that makes you happy um, is really, really important because – yeah, it's if it's you're passionate about drawing, you're passionate about whatever it is. I think just finding something that makes you happy. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And working out those self care practices that exactly. work for you. I mean, you've yeah. talked us through so many of yours. Yeah. Do you make sure that you do them regularly? Like, is it like a okay, like not being too hard on yourself, mm-hmm. but like, all right, so this week we need to do yoga and meditate. These like yeah. sort of you know a little bit. Yeah, um, I go through phases. It's hard to keep it, especially yeah. when you're like running your own business. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard. Like I would love to say that like I meditate every day. Like I 
wish I did. Yeah. But then there's sometimes, and I know I need to, but there's some days I'm like, oh my God, because I like meditating at night. Same and before I go to sleep. Same. Yeah. And then, and then, then you some drift nights, off. Yeah. Some nights I'm like, this is so ridiculous, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I cannot be bothered. Like I just want to go to bed. <laughs> like, so I go through phases when I'm on, like I'm on. Um, and again, it depends what headspace I'm in. Like um, over in December, I don't know why, but at the end of each year, I have like a meltdown. I think it's pretty standard though. Oh. Like if you think about like how much you're doing, you're probably like working yourself really hard. By the end of the year, there's a lot of meltdowns. Oh I noticed that as well. Two years in a row. Oh, it's normal though. Because yeah. if you think about it's the end of the year, you're tired. It's really full on at the end of the year because everyone's is. trying to get lots of stuff done. People are putting pressure on you. You've got like, um, you're like putting pressure on yourself to get things finished before Christmas. Exactly. Um, there's a lot of meltdowns. And it's I think like normal. also like, not that like we had a freaking amazing year, but I think you focus on all the stuff that you didn't achieve and not the stuff that you did achieve. And it's exactly what happened to me. So I've had it two years in a row and the end of last year I had a meltdown when MIA turned off Instagram, turned off everything and I just like cried for three days straight. Aww. And I was like, I honestly, I was like, oh my God, I'm so sad, but Were I'm not. Were you putting pressure on yourself? I think Is that I must what it was? have been, yeah, yeah. And I was just burned out. Like yeah. I was so exhausted. Like I said before, I've been running the business for six years now and I haven't really had a proper break. Yeah. And I think... It just, yeah, it just all kind of hit me. And I was like crying for three days straight, like did not want to see anyone. When MIA turned Instagram off, just I was so, like I was trying to explain it to someone. I'm like, I'm really sad, empty, and I feel like I'm in a dark hole, but I'm not, like it's, I'm not. You're probably just really tired. I think I was. I think sometimes like, I don't know, I I find when I get really tired, it's just hard to function. Yeah. And like, it's like when you're really jet lagged, it's like you feel like a little bit vulnerable and out of sorts. And I hate that feeling, but it's like. And it's not who you are. You just got to like self-talk yourself. All right, mate, you're a little bit tired. Let's go have a sleep. Or let's eat some nourishing food and it will all like, it all works out. But it's pretty horrible, isn't it? I don't like that feeling either. Honestly, I was like, oh my God, I'm going back to when I was really sick and I don't know if I'm going to get out of it. I felt like that. And it was so funny that um, it happened for like, yeah, maybe three. Like I could feel it mm. leading up. Like I was really PMSing, grumpy, taking it out on people that I love. I could feel something was happening. And then it just like, burnt. and at that time I was like, oh my God, okay. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't doing yoga. I was like, okay, this is, a sh- this is shit. Yeah. I need to get back to what I know. Um, and that was doing yoga and meditation. And it was so funny. I was listening to your podcast with Lola and what, this is one of the things that actually helped me. One thing she said was she's like, I can't remember the words exactly, but she's like, we focus so much on physical and outside health that we Mm. forget about the inside health. And she said that, and that was when I was going through this and I was like, oh my God, I need to go see someone. Yeah. And I actually booked in to see a healer and I'd never been to this healer before. I go to um, this healer's wife, who is a Chinese doctor. She like helps me with all my gut and all that crazy girl stuff. And it's her husband and she yeah, her husband, she said to me months and months ago, like I was telling her about like relationship things and like I'm always closed off. And she's like, you need to go talk to my husband. He'll help you. This was months ago. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I never ended up booking. And then on that weekend, and then I listened to that podcast and I was like, oh my God, this is a sign. I need to book in to see this healer. And then, so I was like meditating again, yoga. And then I saw this healer and it was like, I just needed clarity. Mm. And 
like he gave me clarity and I was like, oh my God, okay, this is so ridiculous. I need to get out of this and I really need to focus on my inside health because I work out like a dog. Yeah, I you focus, do. Yeah, I focus Your on- Your friends are like- Oh, yeah, I yeah. see on your stories, I'll be like, you're a psycho. You drag me along <laughs> yeah. to this like, you're like, what are you doing? Like hit training mostly. Yeah, I do a lot of like boxing and hit training. And yeah, yeah they're like, I, like, I hate you. Why did you do that? But it's good for you. Yeah, exactly. And it makes me a better person. So I just like doing that. But I do know that I probably need to slow down a little bit. Do yeah. more yoga and incorporate yes. other stuff. So um, yeah, I was like, okay, that's it. That was a sign mm. from you girls that I need to like focus on the inner inner stuff. So I'm now going to see this healer like every like maybe three weeks. Yeah, just see I, how you go. I realised I am a very A-type personality. Not that I didn't know that, but I am. Yeah. And I'm very like go, 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 that I really do need to have that appointment or that commitment to that person and not just focus on myself on the meditation and the yoga like yeah. I need to commit sometimes to you need a bit of extra especially if you find yourself in a bit of a like a, a funk mm-hmm. or like you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed it's just nice to have I've, I've got a therapist I see and it's like or even just going for a massage. Yeah. I love going to get a massage. I just generally go whenever I feel like I need exactly, one. Exactly, yeah. There's like a local one in my place. Uh, it's an amazing Thai massage place. And honestly, like I come out feeling so much better and just calm. And then I'll sleep like amazingly because a lot of the time you're just tired yeah. and you just need someone to help you. Like you can do all your, like you're saying, you can do all your stuff yourself, but sometimes you need a bit of external help. 100%. Whatever therapy that may yeah, be. Yeah, and I haven't really seen anyone for such a long time and I just like – yeah, and like I said, when Lola said that, I was like, oh, my God, this is so true. Mm. Like, you do, you focus so much on the outside stuff that, you yeah, know, clothes, working out, all that stuff, it's so irrelevant. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, it's so, like, at the end of the day, your health and your mind is so important. Well, yeah, like, if your health and your mind is in a good state and it's okay to have like moments when we're not because we're human and that's fine it's how you deal with it but totally I mean if you're people kind of be like oh you have a therapist or you've got to do this it's like I don't care it's like you know what well like it's like well yeah like you pay to go see doctors or you pay to you know go see a facialist or whatever or you know like you do so many things yeah no I'm owning it yeah I'm I'm the best thing I ever did yeah yeah it was just nice for clarity and when you're giving a lot like as an a-type personality and when you're giving a lot of yourself you're giving a lot and with your business too like it's your exhausting it's exhausting it's (laughs) not like you go into a job and work nine to five for someone else and it's not really your responsibility it's like you're in charge of a lot yeah and that's actually so funny you say that because when I was like in December when I was going through that the main thing that kept coming into my brain is like I am such a hypocrite because I'm like you know trying to inspire women to be healthy don't you know like all this stuff and I was like oh my god if they saw me now they'd be like like, what are you doing? And I, that kept running through my brain. I'm like, you, like you do motivational speaking, you know, help women do this, do that. And now look at you like on the floor in a ball crying. That's like, okay though. You're I know, human. but you know, when you're in that, your yeah. head's like, and I'm you're like, just oh incredibly, God. I think I can relate. You're incredibly hard on yourself. hundred percent. And that's what I hard on yourself. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I learned. And I'm really in 2019, I really have to focus on that. And that's like my focus. Be is, kind. Like yeah. you're doing so well. Yeah. So I, that is my focus this year is like, be kind and, you know, especially you know to myself and yeah not that I'm not kind to anyone else but you know what I mean like more kind to myself and just kind of chill yeah definitely I'll say I'm like chill out girlfriend you you need to chill out it's gonna be all good but like I think what you're saying I think there's often you know when you're trying to inspire and empower other women 
I think just because you're having moments doesn't mean that you're not no. still doing it. I yeah. think, you know, people think they have to fully have all their shit together all the time. No, no. Like, I think it's real. You can be like to your followers or whatever. You can be like, look, I actually had a really crap day, like, or I'm feeling a bit stressed out. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean that you're not able to inspire or don't have your shit together. It doesn't mean that at all. Nah. It's just and a bad day, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's why I had to delete Instagram because it was triggering me. Oh, I was like, oh my God, this person's engaged. They're doing this, this, this. And I'm like, oh my God. Instagram's not a very good place oh, sometimes. It's I honestly toxic in af- a way. After Christmas and New Year, I actually had to have a bit of a break, like just delete the app off my phone. Yeah, that's like, exactly during the day. Yeah. Um, I still love it, but I was just finding, I don't know, I think that time of year can be a hard time because you sort of, you're tired mm-hmm. for one. Like at the end of the year, you're tired. You just need lots of sleep and you're burnt out. Um, also everyone's like all lovey dovey and you know, like oh, yeah. so many couple photos mm-hmm. or you go to the beach and there's like couples everywhere yeah, and you're like, oh gross. I know. You're just and like, you're like, and you're happy. A single you're happy. Yeah. I but know. Then, like, yeah. You, you see it all and it's that time of year where I don't think, I think the end of the year is like one of the most toxic times on social media. I think, I think it is. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I actually worry about, like, I love social media as well. I love Instagram, but I just think a lot of people are becoming very narcissistic and it's becoming quite a sick place. I agree. And I always like, I'm so grateful for my life. I love my life. I love my friends. I love my family. And then I just feel so like, I think a lot of people, I I just feel bad for the people that might not have a family or they might not, you know, Mm. and they're on Instagram scrolling. Like if I feel like that, like (laughs) imagine what they feel like. like, Oh, they probably feel like. I get sad and I'm like, oh, like. I don't know. I'm like, what can we do? Like, but mm. I don't know. You can't because everyone's like addicted to Instagram. So yeah, I know. me included. Like, I'm Same. addicted. I'm terrible. Like, I'm really bad. And yeah. I admit that. And it is my job and I have to use it. But I'm just like, it's an addiction. Yeah. Like, I'll go to my phone and I won't even properly look and I'll just start scrolling no, on Instagram. And I'm not even fully no. looking. And I'm just like, and then t- one second like next, I'm like, I'm like, I literally just did that five minutes, like five seconds ago. That's like, what I got sick of. I was pretty good. And then oh, I got to a point where I had to delete the app during the yes. day so I could just like check it maybe once or twice a yeah. day. And that was like, I don't know, whenever you're having, I think it's one thing I've learned, um, phone-free days are really good. Yes, yeah. Um, and over my summer break, I just wasn't like, usually I'd be like, oh, I'll just take a snap. I'm like, I just didn't for yeah. a bit. And it was actually really nice living my days, not yeah. documenting everything. Oh, my God. Have you, sorry to change that. Have no, you watched good. that you on Netflix? Oh, my God, yes. I binged oh, I- so fast. I could not watch it. You just reminded really? me. I couldn't. It was scared. I was scared. Really? Yeah. I didn't find it scary. So I stopped like, because I used to like, you know, Snapchat or Insta story, like where I'm she going and stuff. She was pretty bad. Like. Insta story and stuff. And now I've like, I'll do it. Save it. Oh, no, I, I didn't do, do that. I, I didn't always... do it today though. Accidentally. No, <laughs> you're fine. No, but like I, I always save things as well and post it later when I have time. it actually freaked me out. Like yeah, people true. know a lot about our lives. Yeah, and that's could... what makes me sad about people that might not have, you Yeah. Know, they might not live in a city and they might not have access yeah. to cool events and things and not doing cool things all the time, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah. So I think we need to chill a little bit. I just think there's more need for realness on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing these things, it doesn't matter. That's fine. But yeah. as long as you balance it out and show them, hey, like today I'm bloody doing my washing. Yeah, or, exactly. Or I'm actually like lying on the couch today and binging a Netflix show. Like I think... I don't know. I I think people need to be like, you know, you wouldn't watch a TV show that you don't want to watch. Like with you, yeah. you could stop watching that. Oh, yeah. Whereas like with Instagram and social media, you have to be careful who you're following because, you know, back in the day, what, like we only had like TV shows to watch or whatever music yeah. to listen to. Now we're consuming so much more. You can still choose what you're consuming. So like mm-hmm. if you're following people on social media that aren't making you feel good about yourself, and yes, there's like some self-responsibility for yeah. that. Unfollow them. Yeah, I've I've unfollowed a I few had to, people. Yeah, too. I had to go through an unfollow. Yeah. I just think like 
It's nothing against them. It's just like I just don't need to see no, this and every it, day. And you're and you're using it to like you're not showing balance. No. You're just showing like you know like and if pe- I don't like people like you know um, post things like the plate from where you'd rather be. I'm like oh yeah I know. So I don't like that. No. It's like it's bitchy. It like, yeah, hundred percent. Like, it's I so just, 2012. That yeah, sort of hundred you know, like, percent. We were saying that back then. Get a new yeah. thing. I just think I think we're more getting more aware of like Instagram and stuff like that. The more people I talk to, they're like yeah like. I'm just going to be more real or I've unfollowed these people. I think everyone's getting to a point now and like realizing that in a way Instagram is toxic and it's very triggering. Um, But then also it's amazing. Like it created my brand. Like, you know, I, if I didn't have Instagram, then, you know, we wouldn't have as many sales or I wouldn't have met you or whatever. So in a way it's freaking amazing. You just got to balance it out. I think a little bit. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's like, it's not just people who are, you know, the movers and shakers and doing things. It's people who actually just everyday people. We're all everyday people, but it's just like people who are maybe at home with kids yeah. or or working. Um, they're the ones who are able to buy into this as well. 100%. They're able to post and, you know, like it's just, yeah, yeah. it sort of affects everyone now. Yeah. So tell us more about your brand. I mean, it's, it's so cool. And like, I think six years is a huge inche- achievement. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So like, so how crazy. did it grow? Like, how did it, obviously you went to fashion school mm-hmm. and stuff. How did it all grow and evolve? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I went to fashion school and love that. And I ended up um, quitting fashion school because I ended up getting a job in like a big production company um, called Voyager and I worked for a couple of brands there as an assistant for Seed, Furley and Witchery. And I was there for a few years and I realised that I really, really loved fashion but I kind of wanted to start like my own label. So at that time I was still doing Bikram and I went to a Bikram yoga class and I was looking in the mirror like I don't know if you've ever done a Bikram class, but yeah. it's full of mirrors, right, so no which is very triggering yeah. as well, especially when you're so obsessed with body <laughs> and you're like, oh. Um, so I was just looking in the mirror and then I was looking around the room and there was a lot of women in there, but they were in like really baggy black T-shirt, like boyfriend style T-shirts, um, you know, baggy pants. And this was in 2011. And, you know, it was only like Nike, Adidas, yeah, Lorna Jane. There wasn't, wasn't much, there yeah. was, Sports Lux wasn't a thing then. Um, like Star Runner wasn't even out. So um, I was just looking around the room and I was like, okay, like I was having, whenever I do yoga, I have these business ideas or crazy ideas. Even when I was back then. Um, and I was looking around the room. I'm like, hey, I really want to start a fashion label. Like maybe I'll just do like really cool dressing, like dresses. And I was like, no, 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 it's too competitive. There's too many brands out there like Alice McCall and all these brands. And I was like looking around. I was like, oh, my God, activewear. Like this is such a good idea. Like all these women are wearing like their boyfriend's tees and all that kind of stuff. There's not really inspiring and it doesn't make their body look you know, flattering. Like I was like, okay, maybe I'll start an active web. Well, at the time I was like a yoga brand because I was doing yoga. I was like, okay, cool. Maybe I'll start like a yoga brand. This is really cool. So that was like when the idea came about was in the Bikram class. And then I was still working at my job. And I remember one day talking to my boss and I was like, I don't want to be an assistant anymore. I want to get into designing or I want to be a fashion buyer because I love the idea of like traveling the world and buying and stuff. So I was like, this is what I want to do. And she's like, look, there's no positions available. Like, you know, all the women at this company are like, you know, older, have kids. They're not moving anytime soon. They're really comfortable. Mm. And I'm kind of that person that once I've got an idea, um, if you're not aware, like once yeah. I've got this idea, like no, I'm going I'm just, for it. I'm just smiling because I'm like, same. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, well, you know, there's no positions here. Then 
I'm going to quit and I'm going to start my own brand. That's it. And wow. so I remember I remember the next week I handed in my resignation and I was like, um, you know, I'm leaving. And they're like, oh, have you got a new job? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm just moving to Bali and I'm going to start a label. So you started in Bali? Yeah, I started in Bali. So I quit and I remember telling my dad. So I quit and then I <laughs> also realised at that time I was like, I was like, okay, I really love yoga. How can I incorporate yoga like other than the brand? <laughs> I was like, no, nah, that's it. I'm Before I move to Bali, I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to do a Bikram yoga course. So again, packed my bags, moved to LA for about three months and did the Bikram yoga course for nine weeks. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. We had to do Bikram twice a day with oh my Bikram God, it's so nine week, for nine weeks. Week. Oh my God. And some of the classes would go for three hours. It was intense. And I did that for nine weeks and... It was, like I said, the hardest thing I've ever done. I did that and then I started teaching in America for a while. Came back. The reason why I did that is because I knew I wanted to start the brand, but I also knew that I needed another job on the side because I didn't know how well the brand was going to go and I needed to obviously live. Um, So I did that. That was smart then. Yeah, I did that and I came back and I taught yoga full time for a little while. That was not my jam. I was so exhausted all the time. I had no social life because of course, when you start teaching yoga, you get all the shit times. I had 6am, 8pm, like all the times that new teachers get and I was exhausted. So I realized quite quickly that full-time was not good for me. Mm. So I ended up going down part-time and just really focusing on Tally Lou. So I realized it was going to be called Tally Lou. I started designing, did the patterns, did everything. So that took a couple of months. I had the whole range, the first range. I think back then it was like maybe seven styles. It was very small. Um, And I knew that I wanted to um, produce in Bali. I liked that idea of like being a designer, walking around barefoot in Bali, doing yoga, like living the life. So I was like, nah, that's what I'm going to do. So I created the range, still taught yoga. And then I left and went to Bali with my mum. I made mum come with me. We stayed over there for a little bit and I didn't really have any contacts. I didn't know if I'd find a supplier. I just literally had my range and that's all. So we hired a house for a few months and I had one contact. When I went over there, I did get one contact and she's all I had. I remember going there and I was like, I want to be a designer. This is what I want to do. Threw all of my stuff on the table and, you know, showed her. And she's like, oh, this is really cool stuff. Like, you're really talented. It's really cool. I'm like, thanks. Like, and then um, she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm only doing leather and, you know, leather handbags and shoes. I, I'm so sorry. Can't and I was this. like, my heart just like sunk. I was like, oh my God, I've come this whole way. I've told everyone I'm starting a brand. Like, I was more worried about what other people would think. Mm. So stupid. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to tell everyone I'm a failure. Like, this is shit. And then she's like, can I have a look at the specs again? And which is like the tech packs of the garments. And I gave them to her. She's like looking through them and she's like, "Mm, but wait, like, I think you're really talented. And I think this brand's going to be really fucking cool. She was Indonesian, but was married to like an American. So I spoke really good um, English. And she's like, I really, really love this. She's like, I want to work with you. And like, so that five minutes that felt like you know, three hours of sitting there like so devastated. And then she turned around and said that. I was like, oh my God, thank God. So then um, she wanted to take on the brand and um, with her factory and stuff. And so she helped me produce the first range, stayed there for a few months, produced it, made all the minimums that I had to make. And then I had a brand. I was like, okay, cool. Like, and I had no business plan, like nothing. Like I literally, like I said, I had an idea, wanted to go with it and just did it. Um, So I had no like, I was really bad at numbers as well. So I think it's like with with any idea or thing like that, you just 
it's an idea and you're learning as you go, aren't you? Yeah. Like you would have been learning exactly. as you went. Yeah, like, I learn. still learn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I did that and then came back to Australia, started an Instagram. I already had my personal Instagram. That's why my Instagrams are so confusing at the moment because I've got Tully Lou, which is the brand slash me, and then there's like Tully Lou team, which we've tried to create the brand, but it gets a little bit confusing. So I had – it's confusing. It's hard so, for you to do too. Yeah. So um, I had – my Instagram and just started posting things. And this was like in 2013, by the time I had the idea and then created the brand, it was 2013. And it was when Instagram kind of started taking off. So I was so lucky. Um, I remember a few people back then, I suppose they weren't influencers, but people, social ads, I suppose in Melbourne or Australia that were my friends would post about it. And then I'd get all these followers from the post. It was very easy compared to what it is now. Um, I'd get all these followers and then message me and I'd sell out of like this, like everything so quickly because people posting about it and just sell, sell, sell. I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I was doing that and I was still teaching yoga. I was doing that for a while, kept reordering, did a few more ranges. And then Talilu just grew, like it grew so quickly and I had to end up quitting um, my job and then focusing on that full time. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And then I think, I think it was 2014, maybe Gigi Hadid wore a pair of leggings and then that just went boom. Pair of your leggings? Yeah, that went crazy. How did crazy. you manage that? Okay. So I'm, back then I was, like I was a hustler, but I was a little bit like, I don't like asking friends for help. I've kind of changed in a way, like I still don't like doing it because I'm I know how it feels when people kind of use you or like, yeah. and I don't, I'm not that kind of but person. But when it's your friends, it's, I know, you can I kind know. of read it a bit differently. I'm getting yeah. better at it. Like I'm like, you know, but I, back then I was like, no way. And I remember she was here. I don't know if you remember, she flew over for the Melbourne Cup. She was like an ambassador. And one of my girlfriends was a styling assistant to the stylist. And I remember Gigi Hadid put a photo up on Instagram and I saw my friend in the background and I was like, okay, this is maybe my chance. I was like, no, no, I can't ask her. And I was like, no, what? Fuck it. I'm going to ask her. Like I, you know, whatever. You don't she says if you no, don't she ask. Says, no. Yeah. So I messaged my friend and I'm like, hey, babe, like I'm just so random. I saw you in the back of the photo with Gigi. Like could, if I gifted you a pair of leggings, could you possibly give them to her? Like if you can't, it's fine, whatever. Um, and she's like, oh my God, of course. Like I'll ask the stylist if that's okay. And she asked, he's like, yeah, sure. So she's like, yep, fine. So I put together this big box with like a crop leggings and like something else. And then I left a note and just like how she was inspired. I can't even remember what I wrote, but just, yeah, just like a little note. And then I put it in the box and then I gave it to my friend and she, um, took it to the hotel the next day, but Gigi was so tired from the races that she went to bed early. So she ended up giving it to Gigi's assistant. So she messaged me and she's like, I've given it to her, her assistant. Like, I was like, cool. If she gets them, she gets them. If she doesn't, then whatever. I tried. Yeah. So I don't know. If she like, I didn't know if she ended up getting them. So then a couple of months goes past. Still don't know if she's got them. I'm like, oh, well, whatever. It was a risk. And then I remember one morning I woke up at like so random. I woke up at like 4am and I had all these, like my Instagram was going psycho. And I was like, what the hell's happened? Like, this is so weird. And it's like, who are these parents? Like at Talilu, at Talilu, at Talilu, who are these parents? Gigi. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I looked and she put up um, an Instagram of her at a boxing studio. And this is when Gigi wasn't massive, but she was big. She was big. Yeah. yeah. Not as big as now, but she was big. And she'd um, posted a photo at this boxing studio working out and a video. And she was in the leggings. And everyone was like, oh my God, where are these leggings from? People were like, Lululemon, Lululemon. And then people were like, I tell you, I tell you. And I was like, oh my God, what is going on? Um, and we sold out completely. Oh my goodness. Um, which was amazing. And 
yeah, we sold out completely and they were like our signature pan. And I remember I was on Instagram and my mum must have woke up early too and she called me and she's like, did you see what's on Instagram? And I'm like, yeah. So, <laughs> so she, my mum was sitting on Instagram replying to everyone. <gasps> oh. They're at Tally Lou. They're at Tally Lou. At Tally Lou. And I was like, yeah. You should have given her like, um, made her an admin on your account. I know. I know, right? I mean, nowadays you can. But I know. You've I know. I should have, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so that kind of took the brands to an international level um and yeah so wow. it just grew so quickly that's like winning the fashion lottery exactly right? and that's what happened to us it just like they sold out completely and i'm like oh my god i need to reorder but also like you know what instagram it's fast people want it now yeah if you, they're gonna forget by the time another pe- batch like we order you know bulk again like just say we order you know a couple hundred and then get it in people forgotten like do you know what i mean you have to get them there and when yeah. you sell out it's like shit what do you do yeah i mean i have had to reorder and then I just had to keep reposting the photo of Gigi but you've just like it's fashion so fast it's hard yeah. so you don't know if like we spend a lot of um time in LA so now I have a business partner and we spend a lot of time in LA so we're back and forth from here to LA and we focus on celebrity placement and influences which yeah. is just what you have to do now yeah. because it sells product and um we've never had anyone so powerful like we have Vanessa Hudgens wearing it all the time like Lucy Hale like um you know Victoria's Secret models and stuff but no one has been as powerful as Is it Gigi. worth it for the money that you have to spend? It's really hard. So it's obviously PR. PR is just so hard. Unless you're, I don't know, I think for like fashion it's hard because I think with beauty and I think if you're in a if you're a beauty brand or food brand I think it's easier because it's a lower price point with fashion it's so hard Mm. like um but I think it's for the awareness it's really good and um with us we we do really well in China and the American market influences the Chinese market so if they see um you know a Victoria's Secret model in Tallyloo or they see a movie star in Tallyloo they're like it it kind of goes up in the brand goes up in status if that makes sense mm. like they really like appreciate it so we do have to spend that time and money on stuff like that so did the gg thing did that sort of open your mind up to that sort of what you do now with like influencers and brand awareness overseas did that sort of open it up for you going oh we should be doing this yeah it did yeah and i mean it's so like i said before it's actually so different now like you have to pay these people so much money to post or do this mm. and for we, like, we gift a lot of like, you know, the Kardashians and all these people, but if they don't get paparazzi, if they don't get shot from the paparazzi or they don't post on Instagram or the Insta stories, you don't know if they've worn it. Mm. So it's, it's a risk. And still to this day, I'm like, I don't know if PR is just so hard. Like yeah. we classify it as PR because our PR agency looks after that, but yeah. it's so hard unless they get papped or whatever. It's Yeah. So when did it grow from you doing this to mm-hmm. now probably having a team and you say your business partner? Yeah. Like, when did that, how many years into it did that start happening? I think probably about three. Yeah. I've had a few people work for me in the past that just didn't really gel. Um, and then my business partner now is my best friend, Sarah. And I got to a point, I think it was probably about three years. Oh no, two years or three, two. I can't remember, but I got to a point and I woke up and I was like, I actually don't think I can do this anymore. Again, mm. I had like a mini meltdown. I was like, it's this a is, lot to handle. I was like, this is person. really affecting my health. And my mum was like, if it's affecting your health, you know what to do. And mm. I was like, Far out. I, I either have to stop doing this. And I didn't want to stop it because I was so passionate and I knew that I know that this brand is going to be big and I have so much passion and ideas that I wanted to quit but I didn't so I was like oh my god what I've done I was speaking to my friend about it and she's like well like you know I'm not happy at my job and I've got 
marketing experience doing this and I'm passionate about the brand like if you need help I can help and um, I was like done because if uh, if I don't take this offer up I'm gonna give in yeah and I'm not the person to give in like I'm not that person but I was like at a point I was like I was dealing with like uh, like anxiety I had a panic attack and then had a car accident because I had a panic attack and then it was just it was really affecting my health Mm -hmm. so I really needed help so I think it was probably about three years yeah. Yeah. Do you still have panic attacks a bit? Yes. Mm. <laughs> um, kind of more anxiety attacks and it's so strange. I I think it is because I'm always overwhelmed. Like not always overwhelmed, but I'm always kind of like stressed about work. You're hustling and, and busy. I understand. I, I have yeah. them as well. Like I had one a few months before my birthday, I like just started freaking out. Had yeah. pressure on myself. I was at work, like sitting under my studio it's desk. It's always like, when you're not expecting attack. it. I was like, guys, it's like, please, anxiety. I don't have time for this. Yes. Because we did this like maybe in a few hours time. I know. Free, it's like all of a sudden you get like a hot rush. Yeah. And um, you're just like, oh my God. And you can't breathe. It's so weird. I actually get them. And I'm not. Like I love social events. I love socializing with people, but I get them in social events. Yeah, no, it's it's a normal thing. I social had anxiety is so like, standard. Ne- but I'm like, this is not me. Like yeah. I am such a social person. I love, and now I actually hate, <laughs> and I make myself go, but I hate going to events and I hate going yeah. to crowded places because I get like this. I had one a few months ago, actually in America. We were at this. I don't know if you've heard of um, Complex Con. It's like a street where, cool, um, like hip. A streetwear kind of festival and it's like a lot of like rappers like Pharrell was there you know Michael B. Jordan it's like a big thing and there's like people everywhere and we were walking through and I, I turned to Sarah and I was like I can't breathe I can't breathe I can't breathe I can't breathe and she's like you're having because she, she knows me so well she's mm. like I'm like I can't breathe I can't breathe like I have to get out of here I have to get out of here and I started like hyperventilating mm. and getting really hot and just having like an anxiety attack it's when I'm in crowded places or at a social event I just flip out yeah I just don't go to them so much I know and then I'm like I ha- and then I'm in the other side of me is like no, no no you need to put yourself in like you know and like out of your comfort zone and like do it so I'm very selective now and I had one a couple of years ago at um the races and I remember I had to leave I was like not nah, I have to leave yeah you know, that's you okay s- though like, yeah I'm like know. and I know now really what triggers me environments. yeah actually no I don't know what tri- like I know those events trigger me but then there's some things that I go to and I'm like oh wow I was fine I think that's the same with anything like sometimes like it's like um you know people who get anxiety after drinking like sometimes you're fine sometimes yeah. you're not it's yeah. just like whatever's just going on with you, you. Yeah. yeah and like I said before it hits you when you're not expecting it and you're like wow that really hit me like was not expecting it so I do deal with it and um I go see like my Chinese doctor she gives me Chinese herbs to help with anxiety and like all this kind of stuff uh and does like acupuncture but still to this day I haven't worked out how to actually I think yeah I'm the same I I've sort of I know how to deal with it now like I can talk myself out of a panic attack oh, can like you? yeah oh, you I can teach me. <laughs> oh it's just I mean it's therapy that I've done but it's like positive self-talk yeah and and also taking, like, if I have to take, a, like, a lorazepam, like, yeah. I will. Like, yeah, if it's real 100%. bad, I'll just take it. Like, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I can talk myself out of it. Sometimes it's nice having someone that knows. Yes. Because then you don't. Because I used to, uh, when I was, like, not even younger, but, like, when you'd have them, I honestly felt like I was going to die. Yes, that's what I feel like. Yeah. Your throat, like, closes yeah. over and, and you like, can't breathe. Yeah, so I'd have to physically. And your heart hold, is, like, Yeah, I'd have pounding. to hold on to things. My friend had one last year and, and they had to actually go to the hospital because they didn't. Her out. Well, that was the first one they'd ever had. Oh, so and they, they thought they were having a heart attack. Yeah. I was like, oh, I could feel that, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, I used to have to hold on to everything because I thought that the ground was going to swallow oh. me up and I was 
going to die. Like I thought my it's body was going to explode. Yeah. yeah. And that scares me too that so many of us are dealing with it. But it's also, like you said, it's good to talk to someone um, or have someone around you that Or just knows. someone like, hey, I'm actually having a panic attack right yeah. now. Like yeah. just so that they're like, okay, cool. Like if it's one person yeah. that you can like just tell and they understand yeah. and not be like, oh, you'll be fine. Like, That's why I'm so grateful for my best friend. She's like, ah, uh, you need to like, you're in this like, she knows. Like I'm like. Thank God I'm with, and they're always been, it's so weird. They've always been when I'm with, with her, I feel like. Well, that's probably because she's your safe person. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. What is some advice to anyone that's wanting to start, whether it be a business or, you know, they're doing something creative? Mm-hmm. What would be some of your advice just to get started and how do you do it? Yeah. Um, well, getting started, I think always follow your gut, always. Um, if you've got an idea and you're kind of like in your head, like, you know, when you've got this idea and you're in your head, you're like, oh my God, what if I don't make enough money? What if I don't do this? You can all like just always follow your gut. Like if you've got an idea, follow your passion. If you're passionate about something, always do it because if you don't do it, someone else is going to do it. Um, so I always 100% believe in that. Um, and if you're running a business, running a business, I think always ask for help. I think I dealt, because I was running the business by myself for a long time, I was so terrified of asking for help because I thought if I asked for help that I'd be a failure um, and I'd fail. So, and I'd spend so much time like trying to work out these problems. If I just asked someone, it could have been done, gone, work, like onto the next thing or, you know, get someone um, in to help you with the areas of the business that you're not so good at. I think that's really important Yeah, as well. well, it's hard when you're being creative and doing all the design and then having to manage accounts and like, yeah, you know, like you taxes Yeah, because you lose your creativity. Yeah. Like you lose your groove. And I've done that still to this day that happens to me. I'm like so in the business and not focusing on like forecasting or focusing on designing. I'm just so in it that I get in this funk and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not like, I've lost my creativity or I can't be creative. So yeah. it's really important to kind of outsource things that you're not very good at because we're not good at everything. Yeah. And it means you can focus your energy on things you are. Yeah, exactly. And I, something you said before, which I wanted to touch on again, is like when you're in yoga, you'd have these creative ideas mm-hmm. come to you. I think like whether it's something you do creatively or for yourself as a hobby, people like got to realize that you might be really stressed about like, oh, I need to come up with an idea for this or how do yeah. I do this? When you go to like a yoga class or whatever, mm-hmm. it comes to you, doesn't it? Does. It does, yeah. And it's so like some of my best ideas have come when I'm in a yoga class or like in a like fitness class or something. And then I'm like, oh my God, I need paper. Oh my God. I'm going to forget this. I'm going to forget this. And then there has been times where I haven't written it down. I'm like, no, 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 I won't forget it. And then I finish and I'm like, oh my God, I've forgotten it. I'm like, oh my God. But somehow it just comes back to you when you go back into that like headspace. Yeah. But yes, so some of my best ideas have definitely been in yoga. Yeah. Because you're not thinking all that crazy shit. You're just in it. So yeah. How have you learned to deal with like, I mean, I think one of the things I get asked about a lot and people, girls and guys want to know is like, relationships, breakups and stuff. How mm-hmm. have you learned to deal with that? Being someone that can be triggered and is, I mean, we're all anxious beings. We're humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how have you learned to deal with that sort of stuff? I think I think not being so much in your head because I'm, <laughs> I'm the kind of person that's always like thinking ahead and not like I'm always thinking of the future. I'm like, oh, okay. So if you know, I go on a date with this guy, then you know, we're going to get married, have babies. Like we're going <laughs> to live here, do this, do that. <laughs> like I'm oh always, God, same. <laughs> I'm always thinking ahead. Yeah. So I've learned, and actually from this healer, I've learned to just forget about the future and just be present with myself. So I have to really focus on that, like not be so much, um, you know, thinking of the future and yeah. stuff like that, or the past, because you know you've been that burnt be, or cheated on or yeah. whatever, and that can affect um, trust or you know all that kind of stuff. So I have to always bring it back whenever I think of that or think of the future, think of the past. I have to be like, okay, no, 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 think of the present. Like we're here now. Just you know, 
yeah. kind of be in it that and can, feel it. And that can be hard when you're a, when an anxious person or whatever or get anxiety um, because I always found it as well. It's like um, these situations can, like I'd always mm-hmm. found relationships stuff was a trigger for me like, oh, in terms 100%. of being really anxious. And it's like you just need to know where you stand with that 100%. person and it was fine. But then I think it was like for me learning to actually – know where you stand with yourself and being secure in yourself mm-hmm. and that if that person's in your life and then they're out, you're still fine. Exactly. Like, you're yeah. going to be sad for a week and feel yuck. But There's a reason why fine. he left. There's a reason. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you just have to like just come back to the present and just be like, nope. I'm yeah. Chill. So is that probably how you've learned to overcome those hard times? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Because like I said, I'm just too much in my head. Yeah. <laughs> too much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so cool. And as you've gotten better with like getting out of your head, have you found that things have gone a bit better in that regard? Yeah, I think so. I think when you get out of your head and you just be like in the present and things come to you, it's so mm. crazy. Like I really feel like because at the end of the day, like your happiness, like. I think is the most important thing. And I think when you're happy, things do come to you. And like when you're not stressing about, you know, the future or if you're going to marry that person or do this, do that. I think if you're just like happy and present, things do come to you and it blows my mind because yeah. like it really does. Like you'll get work opportunities or that person will come into your life or something that you thought about. I don't know. It's just crazy. It just comes into your life. Yeah. So I think, yeah. Definitely. Totally. And I guess you've been hustling hard. So like that's been a probably your biggest focus was anyway, you were like branding. Yeah, business. 100%. Yeah. So like sometimes I think for a lot of people, it's like when you're setting that up or doing that, you kind of have to not tunnel vision because you don't, but like you've got to really focus your energy uh-huh. on that, that it's like I had a friend who's now one of the top makeup artists in in New Zealand. And she said, like, for, like, a few years, she she didn't date anyone. Like, she went extreme. She's like, I didn't date anyone. I didn't, like, go out. I just, like, focused on what I was doing. Yeah, it's true. And she's like, it worked. Like, it paid off. It's true. And I did do that for a long time. Like, I still socialised and stuff, but I did. I was like, no time for relationships. Like, no, 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 no. Um, And wasn't putting myself out there. Mm. And I've got to a point now that I'm like, you know, I'm 30. Business is good. Like, you know, maybe I need to step back a little bit and you know put myself out there a little bit more um and yeah I mean it's always hard though when you're so focused and like and I've got a lot of friends who are like um got families and kids and I'm like oh my god I shouldn't have chose career and then they're like to me no no, no don't rush into it like I'm jealous of you'll your life still, you'll still have it it'll still yeah come. 100%. everyone's different and like I think yeah when you ask someone that picked career like you're not always going to have everything yeah, else exactly. you know, and that's okay yeah how have you found that with like, like, cause I'm about to turn 30 as well. Welcome to the 30 oh. club. <laughs> um, I know. Like I was, I'm all good now, but like but a few well, months back I was like, Ugh. trust me, that's why my not last December, the December before I had yeah. to break down. I swear it was cause I was like, oh my God, next year I'm turning 30. It's just cause you put pressure on yourself. But you're it's like, just a number guys. You're like, yeah, you're like, I'm 30. I should be doing this. I should I know. be doing this. And you're like, no, like so look at what I have done and what I do have. Exactly. Um, do you did you find it hard seeing all your friends, even though you're happy for them, like yeah. getting married, having children? Like, did you find that hard? I mean, I think I always find it hard because, like I said, I'm I cannot wait to be a mum. Like, I'm very clucky. Like, I love kids and all that kind of stuff. So, I I do find it hard, but then I also have to like what you said, turn it around and be like, oh my god, like I've done this, that, this. Like, I can pack my bags, travel back to LA and do, you know, whatever. So it does get hard, but then I'm like, that's their journey. My yeah. journey's different. And you're Forget about it. it. It's like, heaven. Yeah. And you know what? Like I'll like, 
I love that they're like a family and like you can go over their house and it's like, you know, when you always feel like a little bit, not not sad, but you're like, mm, I need like a little bit of a perk. I'll like yeah. call them up. Like, can I come over? Because their kids just make you feel yeah. happy. And then once I'm there for a couple of hours, I'm like, thank God I'm leaving. Like, yeah, bye. Yeah. So then I'm like. Best of both worlds. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it will happen. Like, I yeah. guess, yeah, you had to really focus on what you're doing. and Exactly. And you know you what? someone. Exactly. I think also I probably wasn't ready because I realized that I still probably need to work on myself a little bit yeah. more. So I'm probably grateful that that hasn't happened and I've had to go through those like anxiety attacks. I had to go through all that stuff to realize, well, I've got to work on myself so much more. Like if it's with the healer or whatever, um, I just, I think you always have to work on yourself in yeah. a way. Yeah. What's some advice you would give your younger self? Um, my younger self, I would say always follow your heart. Mm. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And trust your gut, like you yeah. say. Oh, like, my God. Trust. It, it, gut made, doesn't lie. No. And I've made so many mistakes. Like, that's why I'm so trust your gut because I have made so many mistakes in the six years where I've had this gut feeling and I'm like, nah, this is it. But then my brain's like, no. Like, you know when your brain's like, da, 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 or someone says something, no, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, no, but my gut's telling me I should. And then I go with the other person and then that's when all the hell breaks. Nah. I'm like, oh, my God, I should have listened to my gut. Why did I not? Yeah. And I've made that mistake so many times that now if we have, like, a business decision or something, I'm always like to Sarah, nah, my gut's saying no. Like, And she's like, well, you always want to trust your guts and let's go with your gut. Yeah. So I always 100%. Mm. Yeah. And um, so now that like off topic, but yes. speaking of gut in a different way, like so your health and stuff, you're quite into like health and well being <laughs> mm-hmm. now as well. Like you always have been, but yeah. you eat really well. Yeah, I've like stuffed my gut around so much when I was sick. Like I said, I was drinking like gallons of Diet Coke, which is not good for your stomach. Um, and then I got diagnosed with fructose intolerance. So I can't eat like mango, like all the nice fruit, like mango, nectarines, uh, watermelon, like banana. No, I can have banana. Oh, I bloody love bananas. Like, they're such a good snack. Such a staple, yeah. you know. Um, I can't eat apples, though. Oh, and okay. I feel like sometimes I get so envious of people that just pick up an apple. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'd love to eat an apple. So I have to be quite aware of, like, is that what i do with, is fructose, is that the onion one as well? Yes. I don't so, like onions Oh, anyway, onion so. and garlic. But do you yeah. know how hard it is? Like, oh, garlic's yum, but you can't have that either. Sometimes, But even sometimes I pick it out. Like, I hate being that annoying person at a restaurant. It like, must be so hard having that at a restaurant. Like, yeah, it's annoying. Free, but like the And I hate harder. being difficult. Like, you know, those people are like, I don't want this, 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 this. And I'm like, oh, I just give it to me. I'll pick it out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have to be quite aware of what I am putting in my body because a lot of things like um, don't sit well with my stomach and yeah I'm quite aware like I'm very health orientated like but then again like what I said before if I feel like a chocolate or I feel like probably chocolate was probably my weakness I don't really crave like fatty battered food like I don't crave that if I was craving something it's more sweet stuff and it'd be chocolate or like ice cream yeah fatty foods does not like I could not even tell you the last time I went to McDonald's it does not appeal to me at all yeah KFC none of that like doesn't appeal to me but chocolate like yeah I'm like yeah. And you're able to do it now in a healthy way exactly. and you don't feel bad about no, it. No, exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm just all about eating wholesome, delicious food. And I'm quite, like, aware, like I said to my dad was going to the market this morning. He's like, do you want me to get anything? I'm like, actually, I actually feel like a piece of steak because I'm so tired at the moment. Mm. I've been eating a lot of, like, because I've been away, I've been eating a lot of seafood and probably not eating, like, 
like I've been eating well, but just not enough yeah, food, I yeah. think. So I was like, oh my God, I would love some red meat. Um, so he's like, okay. And I'm like, nah, my body needs it. You've got to so, listen to your body. I exactly. call it intuitive eating. I think especially if you've you've been someone that's had an eating disorder, mm-hmm. like you don't want to be like, I'm vegan or I'm this. You've got to. Um, and I've tried all that. Intuitive. I just, <laughs> I call it intuitive. Like yeah. your body knows. And when you're tapped in and when you know yourself that well, you know what you need. Yeah. And like, I've tried, like, I love the idea of the vegan thing because I'm, you know, as like time goes on, you're very conscious about like, you know, the meat industry and stuff like that. But I've tried it, but honestly, I've never felt so tired and my skin was like. I think some people just need certain foods and okay. So I'm very aware, like I'm always like, make sure it's like organic and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I'm very aware of what my body needs. Like if I'm craving, like the other day, what was I like? No, the other day I was like, we, when my friend went drinking and I was like, oh my God, I just want chocolate. And I'm like, if I bought it, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was Eat like, it. I need chocolate. And so we went to um, 7-Eleven and I bought a block of chocolate. I was like, I just cannot stop thinking about this. Yeah. And if I don't buy it now, I'll probably buy like a family size tomorrow and then binge. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no don't do bad. that. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I had it then. Awesome. But yeah. So what are some plans for 2019 before we wrap yeah, up? But like, what, what are some of your plans? So personal, like what I touched on before, I think it's really focusing on the inside stuff, like more meditation, seeing my healer regularly, kind of doing more Reiki, doing all that kind of stuff that I know is going to help me be a better person. Um, and then business-wise, uh, we're really focusing on building China more. Um, like I said before, China is quite big for us, so there'll probably be a lot of travel back and forth. That's I already exciting. go there. Yeah, I already go there because our factory's there. Um, we moved from Bali to China a while ago because the brand just got so big. Uh, so yeah, just focusing on the China kind of element of the business. And then I want to do another personal thing. I kind of want to do Europe this year because we travel so much to America. I'm a little bit over it. Um, so I really want to do like Greece and like maybe mid year, do like a two week holiday. Yeah. I'm I'm going to um, Croatia and Greece. Oh my God. I would love to go to Croatia. I'll have to hook up because I I feel like we're probably going to go like July. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think just I have to make sure that I look after my health this year yes. and make sure I do have that mid-year break. Um, and then we're doing something um, for Coachella. So we'll have to Oh, my goodness. Go to, yeah, so it'll be fun. Oh, you're doing, like, uh, work stuff for it? Yes, yeah. So we did it last year and then we're doing a little bit this year as well, just, like, personalised um get up for some of the celebrities oh God, and stuff so, so it'll be cool. fun yeah well done so hopefully we'll be able to go to that we're still deciding because we saw the lineup and it's not amazing um ariana grande though right i know but like like coachella yeah like, you I'm can just see like, her at like i saw beyonce last year i'm like nothing's gonna top beyonce <laughs> <laughs> so i mean yeah um yeah so just a few little things I what think. inspires you fashion wise like you've got very cool i love your style like, like, <laughs> I, I have similar taste to you i'm like what inspires you to make what you make? Yeah, so I get inspired a lot by travel. Um, I love traveling to Japan. Have you been to Japan before? No, oh but my I, God, I think you would love it. Their stuff's really, and they're oh. beautiful people too. Yeah, they're so beautiful nice. Beautiful people. The fashion is amazing. The food is incredible. Oh, the food, like, next level. Um, it's clean, everything like that. Um, so I think travel and like street style kind of inspires yeah. me a little bit. And then because I taught so much yoga, um, I kind of know how like the woman's body moves like in yoga and stuff. So I try to use that when I'm designing to make the body look like, you know, mm. 
accentuate the like nice areas and kind of stuff like that. So yeah, I think probably travel. I really want to go to Korea this year and get inspo from there. That would be cool. Yeah. Apparently the street style there is like oh, next level. I've, yeah, I've seen some of this yeah. stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. So that'd be kind of cool. So yeah, just Yay. travel and street stuff. Well yeah. done on what you've done. Like you've achieved so much. <laughs> Thank like you. your brand. Like just hearing how it is, how it's all grown. Yeah, like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like you had an idea. You believed in it. You've worked really hard. Yeah. And like, look where you've got to. I think it's really inspiring for people who are wanting to do something, whatever they're wanting to do. And also people who um, are having to go through a recovery of their Mm -hmm. own. Like, well done. It's really inspiring. So thank you so much for sharing everything and everything Mm. you do. Thanks so much, Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Self Love Club podcast. A special thanks to Nick Bourbon, our audio. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 